Good morning, friends. Today is Sunday, the 9th of February, 2020. Our readings for this morning, and remember the readings for the daily office are different than the readings for the lectionary that we'll read in church services today. Both can be found in the Book of Common Prayer. This morning's daily office readings are Psalms 93 and 96, Genesis 24, 50 through 67, and 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 21. Today is the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise, and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Serve God with gladness and come before God's presence with a song. Know this, our creator herself is God. God himself has made us and we are God's. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Go into God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God and call upon God's name. For our God is so good. God's mercy is everlasting. And God's faithfulness endures from age to age. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Psalm 93. 
God is king. God is robed in majesty. God is, ro- God is robed. God is girded with strength. God has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O God. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters. More majestic than the waves of the sea. Majestic on high is God. Your decrees are very sure. Holiness befits your house, O God, forevermore. Psalm 96 O sing to God a new song. Sing to God all the earth. Sing to God, bless God's name. Tell of God's salvation from day to day. Declare God's glory among the nations, God's marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is God and greatly to be praised. God is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but our God made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before God. Strength and beauty are in God's sanctuary. Ascribe to God, O families of the peoples, Ascribe to God glory and strength. Ascribe to God the glory due God's name. Bring an offering and come into God's courts. Worship God in holy splendor. Tremble before God all the earth. Say among the nations, God is the ultimate ruler. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. God will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before God, for God is coming. God is coming to judge the earth. God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with God's truth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis, chapter 24, verses 50 through 67. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, The thing comes from God. We cannot speak to you anything bad or good. Look, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as God has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before God. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of gold, and garments, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly costly ornaments. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they rose in the morning, he said, send me, back to my master. send me back to my master. Her brother and her mother said, let the girl remain with us a while, at least ten days. After that, she may go. But he said to them, do not delay me, since God has made my journey successful. Let me go, that I may go to my master. They said, We will call the girl and ask her. And they called Rebekah. 
and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Birlahiroi and was settled in the Negeb. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there, walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle K, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and creator of our ruler, Jesus Christ. For you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ, that we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious grace that you have freely given us in the Beloved. In you we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of your grace, which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Second Timothy, chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by God, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Avoid profane chatter, for it will lead people into more and more impiety, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are hymenic Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth by claiming that the resurrection has already taken place. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands. 
bearing this inscription, God knows those who are God's, and let everyone who calls on the name of God turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are utensils not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for special use, some for ordinary. All who cleanse themselves of the things I have mentioned will become special utensils, dedicated and useful to the owner of the house, ready for every good work. Shun youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on God from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with stupid and senseless controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And God's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth, and that they may escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive to him to do his will. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I believe in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate, our ruler, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead, who on the third day rose again, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Creator. Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, 
and give us that liberty and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your word incarnate our savior jesus christ who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god now and forever amen O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your word incarnate, our ruler, Jesus Christ. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our ruler. Amen. O God, Ruler eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning. Drive far from us all wrong desires. Incline our hearts to keep your law and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our ruler. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not, seek, may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood is to understand, to be loved is to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. O blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. 
Amen. O God, creator whose care reacheth to the othermost parts of the earth, we humbly beseech thee graciously to behold and bless those whom we love, whom we love, now absent from us. Defend them from all dangers of soul and body, and grant that both they and we, drawing nearer to thee, may be bound together by thy love in the communion of thy Holy Spirit and in the fellowship of thy saints. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. The sacred three, my fortress be, encircling me. Come and be round my hearth and my home. Let's talk briefly about our readings this morning. First, our psalms. Both are psalms establishing God as the ultimate ruler. Um, God as ruler of all the gods. God as ruler of all of the earth. Um, we use, I like the way my commentator puts it for Psalm 93, early Israel shared the ancient view that a deity became supreme by defeating chaos and creating a stable and fertile world. And it suggests that Psalm 93 might be one um, of several hymns that were sung at particular festivals celebrating God's triumph over the earth and over all the other gods. And I, um, you know, as I've, as I've worked with, with language and trying to overcome the inherent sexism of our language, you know, um, we've probably all heard somebody say to us that women are included in the universal he or mankind or all whatever it is you know we have our language is inherently male and no women have not been included i you've heard me say before that language matters and having language where all of the pronouns all of the descriptors are all male it's exclusionary of women. It really is. Um, and I have very mixed feelings about the singular they as a gender neutral pronoun, but it being the best that we have at the moment, I think, you know, perhaps we should try it. Um, I think using they as a pronoun for God is actually quite lovely since God is the Holy Trinity three in one. 
but that whole struggle for equality in language, for inclusionary language, um, as I've tried to use more inclusionary language in the liturgy, in the particular prayers of the daily office, I've really noticed how many times we refer to God as king and as Lord. And had very recently um, the thought that maybe I can replace that with ruler. When we do that, when we replace king and Lord with ruler, we realize that we're talking about God being ruler a lot. And I wonder if these are all reminders that help in our understanding to reset the holy and natural order, the holy hierarchy that we talked about, where all creation is equal and beloved and God is the true ruler of all, the creator of all. And I think it's very interesting that we don't talk a lot about God as creator. Um, you know, in our natural world, women, or in our human world, women are the ones that give birth, you know. So in a sense, we say, we see women as creators. And so we've really downplayed, I think, that compared to the rulership that we've focused on with God. And so I think that the divine balance needs to be restored there, that God is creator and God is ruler. I used to say of of my single, you know, single parenting my son, because I got a lot of accusations from people that I was setting my son up for failure because I was a single parent. And I really need to make sure that I have lots of male role models in his life. That's really important. I think we all need guides. And I think as wonderful and amazing as our parents were created to be and hopefully do their best to live out, although, you know, humans, right? <laughs> it is still dangerous to have only one voice of authority speaking into our lives. Even with the voice of God, we receive that voice in many different ways and from many different places. We still don't look to only one source to encounter God, to hear God, to receive God's message. And, um, and so I used to say that I was both nurturer and disciplinarian for my son and that I understood both of those roles very well, that I did my best to understand both of those roles very well, that I don't believe either one of those roles is necessarily masculine or feminine, although our culture has certainly depicted them that way but that I had to very carefully balance being both of these things to my son, it being just the two of us. And when I, when I followed the worldview that there were specifically masculine and feminine roles, and, and I'm, see, this is tough because I don't want to lose the beauty and uniqueness 
of being created exactly who we are. And that encompasses our particular femininity or masculinity or just personhood, right? When I had accepted our culture's definitions, I guess I should say it that way, of masculinity and femininity and had listened to these messages that I needed what we have culturally defined as masculine for my son, I made a lot of mistakes. I pushed myself and my son um, some ways. And I really think that we need to choose our role models not based on their gender, but based on what they represent and embody and communicate and give. And a lot of times that has, has nothing to do with gender. I would say that I've found in my life the people that break the mold to be the people that have the most to give and that I have the most to learn from. And so just as we need to be very careful about choosing our role models, I think we need to be very careful about what roles we choose to see God in or how we choose to see God manifest. And when we've got the pervading message um, throughout the Roman vein of, of Christianity is God as Father and God as Ruler. And looking at the language that we use has made that really apparent. And so I think that there that there's a both and here. It does both serve us well to to reaffirm that God rules over all, that God is above any ruler of the earth. That God is above even the waves of the sea, even the primordial, prim, <laughs> primordial chaos. God is above all of that. And it also serves us to allow ourselves to see God as more than father and ruler. To see God as creator as collaborator as anamkara soul friend as the word incarnate as the the giver of the breath of life as our best and truest friend as our constant companion, as our beloved, as our nurturer, as our gentle grower, as our giver of grace, all of these things.
And just one more point from Psalm 96 in that first part of the both and <laughs> about God being the ruler above all rulers. When God's justice comes, it is righteousness and it is truth and truth is love. So God's justice is far above earthly justice for it is love. And we're going to talk some more about love in the way in just a little bit when we when we talk about some of the other readings. So hold on to that. Hold on to that God is both the ruler above all and also the divine creator and nurturer and all of those things. You're probably going to hear... Um, some Celtic Christian motifs in my interpretation of scripture um, over the next few months, over the next season, however long that is. Um, that's my current focus in my personal spiritual direction, and I'm finding it quite redemptive. And I, I feel that it is guiding me to a rediscovery of a very personal, very loving God. And so I'm going to be sharing some of that. And hopefully it will be helpful to you as well. Our Old Testament reading this morning We did another like kind of overlapped pickup. We were left off about um, Rebecca being given to the servant of Abraham to become Isaac's wife. And um, hang on, I'm trying to get to the page that I wanted here. This is one where my my commentator doesn't have a lot to say. They just kind of say, this is the story about how Rebecca became Isaac's wife and then leave it at that. And I think it's such a, such a human thing to see that, that Rebecca's family says, yes, this is what God wills go with them. And they're like, but, but can we wait just like 10 days? Can we just, cause change is so hard and we're going to miss her so much is what I imagine. Like their hearts crying out and I love that as I think must have been rather uncommon at the time they ask Rebecca to make the final decision they say to Rebecca tell us tell us what you want and I think that's that's just beautiful and it's I think it's so amazing that Rebecca and Mary and Deborah, you know, there's so many women that, that said yes to God and bravely stepped out into this vast unknown. I think it was, quite frankly, I think it was braver than any physical bravery, you know? I mean, we think of 
bravery a lot in our culture is physical bravery, you know, going into battle, um, going into a situation where our physical selves are at risk. But I think there's a measure of what's known there. And I think spiritual bravery, venturing into this land of the unknown, not knowing where it's going is really extreme and it's done with such cooperation. I don't want it to be twisted into submissiveness that Rebecca submitted or that Mary submitted. No, I think these were fierce women who, who followed bravely because they were cooperating with God not because they were abandoning their own wills. I don't think that's the case at all. And then Rebecca's family blessed her. Would that we in our earthly families take a lesson from this. And when our loved ones have stood up bravely and said, this is the path on which I am embarking, that we may let them go with blessing and with love, that they carry our love with us. You guys might have noticed that at the time for personal intercessions and prayers, I've been praying a lot, a prayer for those who are absent. A lot of um, my dear beloved ones right now are not physically close to me in this moment. Um, and many of them are temporarily displaced to places of great unknown. We'll kind of put it like that. Um, and I have done my best to send them all off with blessing. And to love them across all distance and time. My son and I are getting ready over the next few months for um, a physical transition ourselves. For, for a move physically and for a new adventure in many ways. And I pray for blessing and for love on this next adventure. I think there's something interesting here too about the timing of this, you know, that Sarah has died. Abraham is perhaps sensing his own mortality, which is amazing because he had lived so long, right? But sensing that his long, long life might be coming to a close. And so he wants, he wants Isaac to have, have a wife. And, you know, we're just not going to go into right now why he didn't want a wife from the Canaanites but wanted a wife from his own people. I think that's just not part of the story for this time. If anyone wants to get into that, please let me know and we'll do so like either, you know, as a sidebar or, or just personally discussing. Um, I'm not trying to shy away from it by any means. It's just we can't talk about all of the things at once and I do not feel... Um, particularly called to talk about that one right now. 
Although I would say, I'll just say this real quick. Quick, I would say that I believe it has less to do with ethnicity. So white supremacists stand the F down because it's not about that. It's not about keeping the bloodline pure. That's total crapola. I think that it was about um, someone who would share the belief system and the understanding, um, the common understanding, particularly of God, that Abraham and his family had. That that what they believed to be the inheritance, the way, the truth, and the life, as it was their understanding at that time, would be preserved and not be subsumed into the culture that was around them. And I think that, I guess I am talking about it, sorry guys. <laughs> I think that we as Christians, particularly as Christian followers of the way of love, right? I really firmly believe down to the essence of my being that when Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, there is no way but through me, that he is talking about the way of love. Christ is the word incarnate. Christ is love. And not not a love as as we have diluted or designated or misrepresented it in our culture. But an all-consuming love. A love that's very hard to describe because it is so deep and so much and overcomes all else. And so when we as Christians follow, follow the way of love in, in a culture, in a world where the way to success is seen as strife and redemptive violence, returning violence for violence, conquering might with ever stronger might. creating conflict and division, binary thinking, you know, all of these things. And I'm not saying that the way of love is in any way passive. The way of love doesn't look the other way. The way of love doesn't stand by and let evil thrive. I I hope that that's well understood. Um, But nobody ever got beaten or forced into believing any forced conversion wasn't true conversion at all and wasn't any kind of salvation. I think Jesus wept at those times.
So when we do our best to follow Christ's way of love and inclusionist, you know, we were talking about inclusionary language and inclusionary living, we are the other, the stranger, the foreigner in the middle of a society that's doing otherwise. And so I think we can relate to Abraham wanting a partner for his son who followed their way. Who would help him be strong and preserve the way of life. I think when we talk later in the Bible about being, you know, unequally yoked, a believer to a non-believer as it are, I think that's what we're talking about. But I don't think it's so binary as one must marry someone who believes the same way. We are all in different places on our journey. And sometimes when our paths cross, we are at different spots intersecting just for in in like one dimension as it were like we're physically in the same place at the same time but spiritually we're completely somewhere different that doesn't mean that we won't at some point come together or even that we weren't destined to help each other come together so none of this is absolutes I'm just saying that perhaps we can have compassion and understanding for wanting to walk with someone who's walking the same path that you are. Because it's certainly easier to walk together if you're going the same way, right? (laughs) All spiritually speaking, of course, and hearkening back to, to the spiritual world really being threaded all through the natural world, the two not really being easily separated, but sometimes seeming to diverge from each other. Sorry, I really have been kind of waxing on on the readings today, which is funny because I was thinking at first that I didn't have much to say. You guys know how that goes. So that kind of brings us to our our reading from Timothy, which really does kind of, I think, wrap some of these these thoughts up. You know, where, where it talks here about cleansing themselves, I really think that that is removing all obstacles and between us and God. And that can include, I, I think here of, like, cleaning our eyes like if you can imagine um and I don't want to do any spoilers but um this is kind of related to a a movie that Jack and I saw um recently if you can imagine like our eyes being so covered with with an end
and we can't see, we've got to wipe that stuff off. We've got to clean it off so that we can open our eyes and we can see. And the same might be like if we have something plugged in our ear and clogging. If we're wearing an earplug, it's going to be hard to hear, right? But if we take that out, it's going to be much easier to hear. If we've been on the path and a landslide has come and blocked the path, we have to clear that stuff out of the way so that we can walk. I think that's really what's meant here by cleansing. I don't think that holiness equals perfection. I think as a matter of fact, they are two very, very different things. I think we are not created to be perfect, but we are created to be holy. And it is, it is the work of our lives to continually love ourselves, love God, and out of that love, desire to remove anything that comes between us and God and I think so in so many of the ways, those in so many ways, those methods which we erroneously seek to sanctify ourselves end up becoming something that comes between us and God and God's community, and even worse, between someone else and God's community. And I think that's what the author, part of what the author is talking about here in verse 9, where he says they are upsetting the faith of some. When we get in our way, when we get in others' way, God can still take that and use it. God can use an upsetting of our faith in order to remove those things that that are hindering our greater understanding and really solidify those things that are part of God's truth you know so God can use e even the shaking up even even the things that that upset or seem to detour for a bit or hinder, but only with our cooperation, only when we are investing our time and energy into discovery with and of God. And I think that God's way of love is spoken to in verses 24 through 26, that we must be kindly, patient, gentle, because as we talked about before, we're all at different places on this journey. Even when, you know, we talked about the physical and the spiritual being very much connected, but our paths are also very much unique. And so we can meet together physically here in the world and yet be at different places on our spiritual journey. And we must be gentle and kind to each other because of that. We must understand that, that we're all still learning and growing 
and that the way is the way of love, that nobody ever got beaten into deeper understanding. We may be able to beat ourselves and others into rote memorization, but that that deep, soul deep knowing of God, that that comes only through love. And loving guidance that comes from God and in some cases from God through us, from God through many sources. And so even when we see someone heading a direction that we really believe is wrong and we're like, man, you are veering way off the path here. We gently and kindly in the most selfless way that we can with our own gunk cleared out allow the message of love to flow through us to them. And even if we don't see a course correction right here, right now, God is working. God is working in them all the time, just as God is working in us. And the final verse there in our reading, and that they may escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. I think, and, and I paused and had a long debate with Jack on some on some scriptural verses too. I, I say debate, more like conversation, like where we're both seeking deeper understanding. So in the interim, I've like had all this... So I think we could I think we could debate for a while on 26 and what that means to be held captive by the devil to do his will. I think I think what that means is really being caught up in a distraction, you know, being being on that detour that we were talking about a couple minutes ago and off the path of holiness. We just have to understand that sometimes people still have the stuff covering their eyes. Sometimes they can't see. Sometimes we're like that. My whole conversation with Jack started off with my talking to him about a time where I think that I might have been teaching him things that weren't the truest truth, so to speak. Like I was doing the best I could at the time to understand and to lead him in God's way, but my understanding wasn't complete. I was operating through the wounds, through my own wounds. And so I was not seeing clearly. And I don't think we're ever seeing completely clearly on earth. We just, we keep doing our best to cooperate with God into evolving us into deeper and deeper understanding and continuing to clear the gunk out that's getting in the way. And I think we have to acknowledge that there's, there's times in all of our lives that we're completely and we're doing the best we can. We're all doing the best we can at any given time. And I don't want to be so trite as to say, hate the sin, but love the sinner. 
but we do kind of have to understand that sometimes people are caught up in gunk and we, we love them. We try to give them the gift of, of the message of love, the best that we understand it. And even more than that, we try to act out the message of love by loving others. And that doesn't mean letting them get away with evil things, but that does mean that we don't discard them. We might even choose to not interact with them, especially if they're not behaving in a way that is safe, but God never gives up on anybody. And so even if the way of love is not physically interacting with someone at that moment, we don't then turn on them and hate. I think that's really key here. Even if they're not in a place where they can absorb love or the message of love, even if they're really misguided and misled, even if they are acting out in ways that are evil and they are being hurtful and we must, in order to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe, distant, physically distance ourselves from them. We do not hate. We do not buy into this binariness. We do not strike back at evil with evil. We keep loving even if they then become in a different kind of way than we were talking about before, physically absent from us. We love. And sometimes that's letting someone go in love. We've also talked before about how prayer connects us. And sometimes it's not a good thing for us to be connected to people. I think that God protects us. God protects us from any of their junk coming back down that that prayer conduit to us. And so it all comes back to our personal love and relationship with God and being guided by godly discernment in that process. So where we discern that we reach out, like physically, we do, bravely. Where we discern that we let go in love, we do bravely. But it is all done from love. It is never the answer to strike back and to do harm. I hope that that kind of makes sense. I I know it was long and a bit meandering this morning. So, so please grant me some grace there and may the Holy Spirit make clear any of those things, which I've done my best to convey, but remain convoluted. And if anything that I have said gives offense, please know that that's not the way that I intended it. May we so dwell with God that we know perfect faith and love and know that God is working all things to our greatest good, that God is always at work in us and in all of God's creation to bring us more understanding, more close to to God. and deeper in the way of love, more and more holy. Amen.
Almighty God, creator of all mercies, we, your divine collaborators, your co-creators, your holy co-conspirators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by the grace of Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.